Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tickle Me Comedy Club podcast. We're on episode four. We're so happy you could join us again today. Uh, my name is Isaac Israel. I'm with uh, Dylan Dillagaff. And our comedian for, with, with us today is uh, my friend uh, Tommy Tallarino, Tommy T. Uh, he's been on, uh, he's had his own show on uh, Fox Sports and Comedy Central. And uh, he's toured all over the country with Ralphie May. And, and he's uh, been a regular at the comedy store. So we're really happy. Happy to have him. Good to be here. Thanks, guys. Yeah, good. Isaac and Dilly. Dilly Dilly. Dilly Dilly. <laughs> Dilly Dilly. It's good to be here, fellas. Okay. And you got a whole crew here. You got we got 18 people behind the scenes. This is great. A lot of people doing a lot of work for us. There's there's a lot of little uh, windows on the computer, little people in the windows. So we're we're good. Hey, we're well supported. Is, uh, legit, you know? No, this, this is legit. this is excellent. It's, it's, we're, we're, okay, so our sponsors are the Cutting Board Restaurant. Uh, we're really happy to be here with them and having them sponsor us and also the Blue Zone Comedy Tour. Blue Dylan, can you talk about that? The Blue Zone Comedy Tour, it's, uh, it's our company that uh, we try to highlight uh, uh, comedians with disabilities, and uh, we're, we're looking to do a, a, a road show around the, around the United States. Um, hopefully that'll come up in the next, uh, the next year or so. So look for us. It's called Blue Zone Comedy Tour, and, uh, and we'll be out there to make you laugh, whether you want to or not. All right. Dilly will put you in a headlock <laughs> until you laugh. <laughs> yeah, so this is good. So, you know, you guys have been, you know, you got this nice place here, right? It's uh, the AC is on. We're, we're, we're feeling good. We're feeling good now, right? This is cool. Tommy says the AC is on because we just, we just opened it a couple of hours ago and, you know. It takes a while. Yeah, it takes a while to, to get going. So we're at about uh, 90 degrees right now in here. So but, but. it's nice. It's it's nice. It's We're losing dry, weight, you know. It's a dry heat. So. It's a dry heat. Yeah, no, I have no problem. Listen, I've been golfing. I, you know, like your girl, Sammy here, one of your directors, she's a, a professional here. professional golfer on the brink. So we've been talking golf. I've been golfing the last week. I was out 100 degrees yesterday. I, we teed off at 12 at noon yesterday. So, you know, we did the whole round in three and a half hours. It was great. You know, we just we whipped right through it. What's your handicap? My handicap? Mm -hmm. I'm, I got, I'm about a 12 right now. Nice. Not, you know, yeah, I not bad. not not bad, not good. Yeah. Not good. Your girl's shooting, she's even. She's a, you're you're a scratch golfer? See, that's not right. Yeah. That's just not right. No, that is right. She's she's interning for us. What do you scratch golfer shouldn't be here? <laughs> right? You didn't ask about my handicap. What's your handicap? What's your handicap when you play <laughs> my mobility scooter? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you overcome that. I overcome that. Right? That's right. So, let me play golf. I haven't seen you since we went in the quarantine back in March, yeah. right? So, yeah. you know, yeah. it's uh, you look you look good by the way. You look fantastic. Like you you're you got in shape during yeah, the yeah, quarantine. Been playing tennis. Most people don't do that. Most people went the other way. They just sat down and they wore a t-shirt and shorts for three months. Same ones. And, and then they had to and then they had to go back to work or whatever it is and then fit in any of their clothes. Yeah. Because you can't tell in your t-shirts and shorts, right? So Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? I did well I you know I, I go to True Fusion Yoga. I do yoga Pilates and boot camps. So I had to do them at home, which is isn't the same as the heated rooms because normally I do the hot yoga, but I had to do them at, so I did four days a week. Like I just kept doing the online stuff at home. It wasn't as good 
good, but you know, I, I managed to do my work. I, I managed to get on my work, and another studio is open again, so I'm back in the studio for the last couple of weeks. So, so what is Fusion Yoga? The True Fusion is just the name of the studio, oh, okay. and I think Fusion is because they do, there's a variety of classes. It's, you know, there's hot yoga classes, there's hot Pilates classes, there's those boot camps, boxing, conditioning, everything, you know, and I, I managed to, I try to get, you know, I take a variety. You keep inviting me to True Fusion. I've been, like, the reason why the reason why I don't go is because like I've I've tried to do like yoga at home and I couldn't even do it at home, let alone you know a, a room full of like, well, you'll be better twenty people. Like you'll be better in a group set. Of, no one no one's looking at you. Don't worry about it. Everybody's doing stuff on their head. Like they're like, no, yeah, on their head in like yoga. Class. Everyone's at different about. levels. Yeah. You you're better in a group setting. Trust me. You got to come just a couple times just to oh, yeah. see. Yeah. It's 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 unbelievable. You know, I mean, I, I've been doing it for years. You yeah, know, I'm I'm a, I'm a yogi. Right. I've been yeah. I started in the mid '90s uh -huh. in LA, in uh -huh. Venice, and Santa Monica. Like I was at the epicenter, mm -hmm. you know. And then I come out here, and I'm shocked that Vegas has great yoga studios. So you know, I've been, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's it's not what you think. It's way harder than you think. It's not like stretching and you know, yeah. all relaxing and meditation. I mean, it kicks your ass. So you know. Yeah, but you're you're good at like uh, all sorts of sports. I mean, it's not just yoga. I mean, you you well, play college played, basketball. Yeah. You, I mean, you, well, no, I'm and you had your your college sports. baseball. Yeah, I had the sports show called the Sport Jerks NBA Tour uh -huh. on Comedy Central, and I, I never played basketball. I'm five nine, so that's I'm the tallest member of my family though. But I'm five <laughs> nine, and I played college baseball at Cal State LA, uh -huh. and oh yeah, I played sports my whole life. I played tennis, like I competed at tennis. You and I played tennis. We got to start yeah. playing again. Yeah. You know, like we'll again, yeah, yeah, we'll go at it again. And I, I since I've been out here, I'm semi-retired, so I took up golf. You know, I love golf, you know, and uh, I, I play anything, you know, like uh, I went to my son's high school graduation and uh, they at one of the parties they had a ping pong table. And so I got into some ping pong action and I was wiping everybody out. And my son's like, what are you going to play ping pong? I, yeah, of course I can play ping pong. I mean, who can't play ping pong? <laughs> right. Exactly. So so we're one of the things we do during our podcast is we try to learn about the comics, how they got into comedy, what motivates them, um, what their where they've been. Their journey kind of like so how about kind of giving us a little uh, a little uh well, you know, I started out like most people start out. Like my wife threw me out of the house and I was sleeping in my car. So I just hung out at the comedy store for hours. Hey, who is your wife? You got to tell the audience who your wife was. My wife? Yeah. Well, she's just, what do you mean? Who was she? I mean, she, you know, Shelly Tellerino. Like she's no one, no one famous. No one famous. I mean, a lot to say. Well, I mean, you know, I, you know, I, yeah, I married into uh, uh, Hollywood royalty. I married into Danny DeVito family and and she uh, she got sick of me after we had a couple kids and she said you're not funny at all and she threw me out <laughs> so I was sleeping in my car and I ended up just so you know people in the audience out there that's the worst thing you could tell a comedian you could tell them not ugly, funny at all you can tell them they have no money you could tell them everything but if you say they're not funny that is the absolute it was worst brutal thing yeah. that you could say to a comedian so you know so I, I've been going strong now for what is it like 15 years just to prove her wrong that's you know you know, like that's, but uh, I, that's how I got started. I just, I, I had to kill a lot of time at night. So I would close the clubs, mm -hmm. 
And, um, you know, and then I got lucky. I, you know, like I, I opened for Ralphie May. So I went on tour with Ralphie May for years and which was a great experience. And then, and then because I was working at the comedy store, I started opening for Polly Shore, which was uh, a different kind of experience. It was pretty cool. I caught Polly at toward the end of his, end of his career, but Polly's a great guy and a funny guy. And it, it was, uh, you know, we did the tour bus thing where we would, we would perform in Peoria, Illinois, and then uh, we'd get in the tour bus at like one in the morning and then we'd wake up like in North Carolina, you know, you sleep, you know, we had that tour bus thing going. That was fun. Cool is that? Yeah, it was pretty good. You know, How did you do that? I, I, uh, I worked with Polly for about four years and, and then I started, I started getting better and better and better. And, you know, so it was, they don't want me opening for them. I, they don't want me opening, you know, when you're, yeah. when you're, you know, when, when you got, yeah. And yeah, you know, and you're, you know, also I'm, I was That's getting too strong and I was getting older, you know, I'm older now and, and, you know, it's better for them to have a younger person, but I was, you know, I, I would start to like really put my stamp on it and I had my own brand you know, and started figuring out who I was. That's the hardest thing about comedy is figuring out who you are. And also sort of, you know, sort of, um, you know, getting that out in the first 60 seconds on stage, like basically giving out, you know, like your, you know, your brand of humor. That's hard to do without telling them, you know, well, this, you know, you know, I like this kind of joke. You know, you have to basically get it out there. It's difficult. So six, you got 60 seconds. How does it go? Yeah, <laughs> well, my, you know, my first bit is where I'm from. So you pretty much know who I am. Yeah. You know, that's that's how you do it. You know. So where are you from, Tom? I'm from upstate New York, <laughs> a little town called Rome, New York. That's, you know, I'm from nowhere. I'm from literally nowhere. <laughs> the Rome that was built in a day. You know, that's my oldest joke. I'm from nowhere. I'm 100% Sicilian and I never met anyone in the mafia my whole life. Like, that's just confusing. <laughs> really? That's confusing. What the hell? <laughs> I grew up in the Godfather, Goodfellas. I know, no one's in the mafia around here. Like, there's no one. <laughs> But, but but you've been living outside of New York longer than you have. Been yeah, I moved right? to L.A. Yeah, I left. I left. Home. Well, yeah, well, actually, you know, I, I my family, uh, you know, I, I have a couple uncles that I actually never met, you know, because they were in prison when I was young. So I, you know, my family, they were I guess they were like on the periphery of it. So, I, you know, I have family members that I never knew. And my mother got me out of there as soon as she could. So, you know, but I mean, I was in other things. So I was always into sports and I wanted to live in, in L.A. You know, I got to say, Tommy, you know what? Every time you say the joke, it's like it's my favorite joke. And I'm not going to put you on the spot, but like uh, <laughs> which one? <laughs> like, like what happened when you came back home from to New York after living in L.A. and then you're getting a divorce? Like, didn't you have like what was the con? Because I had the same conversation with my parents. About oh, divorce. yeah. Yeah. So, like, my dad. So, so what happened? Well, my parents have now been married 55 years. Yeah. Right. And and I don't think they were happy one day in the entire 50. 55 years. I don't think my parents have ever been happy. I don't think anyone in my family has been happy. So when I went home after, you know, like everyone, you know, I had to go home and tell my, my parents, they loved my wife. They, mm-hmm. I mean, my wife's a sweet person, you know, she was, they loved her and they, they wanted to know what happened. My dad immediately wanted details and like, what am I going to tell him? I think she was cheating. I'm like, what am I going to say? So I told him we weren't making each other happy anymore. And, and then he went off for 15 minutes. Happy, ha- happy, <laughs> happy. He was pissed. Happy. Who, who the hell's happy? Happy. Like, 
And that was the conversation for 15 minutes. <laughs> he calls your mom and then he calls Call my mom. mother in the room. Rosie, get in here. My mom comes in. He's like, have I ever made you happy? She didn't even understand the question. She's like, happy? What? And he's like, have I, have I ever made you happy? And, and she just spit. She didn't even answer. She was like, like, but no, that's, yeah, that was, that was the hardest thing to do was telling my parents that yeah. I'm getting divorced. Yeah, yeah. You know, I never gave them details. I just left it at we weren't happy. Yeah. My, People, yeah, my parents, they would always stick up for her. We'd, we'd be in a fight. And I called my mom and dad. And, oh, they'd jump on her side against me. It's like, I don't know if you had that same experience. Yeah, I, I think that when we were married, they did that. But when, once we got divorced, my parents defended me. Like, like that old Italian yeah. Sicilian loyalty came out, and they defended me right down the line to this day. You know, because like my wife and I, my ex-wife and I, we basically raised two children while, while we were divorced, right? My daughter's 21, my son's 19. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my parents, to this day, they defend me. They're like, you know, I can't believe she did that to you. And I was like, listen. <laughs> now you're defending her. Yeah, defending I, I do. Well, it's one of, I mean, you know, I never, I never badmouthed her like to my kids or anything like that. But, but yeah, my parents, they're, they're loyal to the end. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, and now they're, you know, my, my dad's 80 now. So, you know, they're, they're up there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm going, I'm going to go home in August to see them because I haven't been able to go see them this whole time because of the virus and everything. It's been, obviously it's been weird for all of us. You know, I have tickets to go home in mid August and I'm hoping that I'll be able to, you know, at least get there, you know, and see them. It's been tough, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, you've been you've been playing tennis. I've been golfing, right? Like, yep. you know, we've been trying to trying to stay active, but um, it, yeah. and they're staying in, right? Yeah, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, like they're not even going to Walmart. So your family's like taking care of them. And yeah. Well, my brother, my brother, he tested positive for the virus. Him and my him and my sister-in-law tested positive, so he couldn't he couldn't go there either. You know, I mean, he he was asymptomatic, so he was okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's been tough for everybody. You know. That's hard. That's very. Yeah, it's very hard. It's hard for the whole country. I mean, I'm looking at your hit list here with yeah. some of the stuff that was, you know, like some of the topics, and you know, it's funny. Our, our country is just, it's, it's like it's on the brink. I mean, we're going to go to war over who's wearing the mask and who's not wearing the mask. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's ridiculous on the, how little it takes to set us off now. Yeah. You know? And exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Evan Green is here. He just arrived. Evan Green. Uh, <laughs> Evan Green, what's going on? With uh, Tickle Me Comedy Club, uh, our, our regular host for the Tickle Me Comedy Club. We were just talking about coronaviruses going up. Do you want to sit in for a few Evan, minutes? Evan, why don't you come and join us? Come on yep. in. A big Evan, special treat. Just for a few minutes. And, oh, uh, and Sammy. Yeah. I didn't know a superstar uh, Thursday here. I was, wow. I was pleasantly surprised when I heard that you were coming. How you doing, Evan? Good, good, good. I looked you up online because I wanted to see, you know, like like some of your background. And it says you have a perma smile on stage. That's I do have. Right? That was given to me by a classroom of, of sixth graders well, in Los a, Angeles. That nickname. That's a great compliment. The perma smile. I've got the I've got the card to back it up. It all signed it. Evan does a wonderful job hosting your shows, by the way. I we, we love the way Evan hosts them. So yep, uh, nice to see you, yeah, Tommy. So Never have to worry uh, when uh, when Evan's hosting. So, so the their director here, a little Sammy, she 
she's a she's a scratch golfer. Did you know that, Evan? I, I was did telling not her. Know that. I was telling she was her. Ranked in the top two thousand in yeah, the world. Yeah, she's oh ranked in the gosh. women's tour. And oh I was I was telling her that uh, you're an excellent golfer too. How's your game? Have you been playing? <laughs> well, if we got a scratch golf around, I'm gonna go lock she, my wallet up. She, yeah. She told me she'll give me ten strokes in a stroke a hole. She told me. She offered it. We may have to call HR about that one. She offered it. So, 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 folks, this is Sammy right here. Sammy. So, you're, Sammy's an excellent golfer. She's so confident that she offered. So, this I'll give you a stroke a hole in ten strokes. So she knows. She knows she'll kill me. Right? There you go. She never yeah. seen my game. Tommy's a natural. We went out a few times yeah, yeah, yeah. for uh, yeah, a relatively newer golfer. I'm not going to call you a beginner because you got too much. But I am a beginner, though. But, but you got a lot of course management skills. Yeah, yeah. But the game's gotten a lot better, though. I got the M4 driver, right? It's a, what's that? We're twinning. Yeah, we're twinning. We got, I got the same drivers. I got, oh, okay, nice, nice. I don't, I don't hit a 265 a lot of the times, though. I, I, I don't always hit it straight. But, but when I was playing with Evan, I didn't, I wasn't using a driver. Remember, I couldn't keep the driver. On the ah, you were away. using your three so wood. I got the driver now in that, that uh, thing. That, so now you're going to put it uh, I, I 40 yards past me instead of 20. The huh? last three drives of the day were just like yours, straight down the middle. There like, I split the uprights on three drives. <laughs> Second shot. Yeah, 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 yeah shot. those approach shots, they're not that important. It's all about the drive, Tommy. No. Come on, you know no, that. Listen, though, with, with the guys that I'm playing with, I'm winning all the money. Like, you know, we're playing little dollar a hole, and I swear to God, by the end of the hole, I'm getting $36, 32 I'm winning the money. Very good. The and, money. Very good, and you need a new group of guys. Yes. you got to elevate your game. Yeah. <laughs> so, wait, Evan, did you ever go, like, uh, semi-pro? or pro or anything like that? You know, I uh, I never had aspiration to go pro. So I I was uh, I came in third in the Phoenix City High School Championships. I played in the Junior World uh, Golf Tournament over in uh, Torrey Pines, which is really an, uh, a real privilege. You know, there's only f uh, five golfers from the state of Arizona in the 17-year-old uh, group to qualify for that. And I've got uh, got a few club championships under my belt. So so that's uh, wow. that's nice. He's, he's great. Yeah. Well, I'd like to go out. We, we should go out again and play. I would love that. Yeah. 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 Can you come out with us? Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. All right. She's going to smoke right. all of us. What, uh, what tees are you going to play from, Sam? Are you going to... you going to... you going to... <laughs> She's going tips. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. I like that. Really? <laughs> from the tips, yeah. The second farthest. That's the far... That's beyond the farthest. That's... Wherever the farthest is, you go back as far as you can. No. One in from the tips. Oh, one in from the tips. Okay, I thought you said the tips. No, one in from the tips. Okay. Like around... 65. Well, she shot a 74 reflection bay. You shot from the one in from the tips? Uh, I did the qualifying, the tournament yardage, which was about like 62. Okay, okay. So nice. 74 reflection yeah. bay, 60 That's that's solid. That's, <sighs> that's solid. Reflection bay, Evan. I never played reflection I bay. Play. I was, I was just at Lake Las Wait. Vegas. And what's your best course? What's my best? Uh, my favorite courses yeah, out here. Course, you know, uh, there's so many great courses in the valley. We're kind of lucky. Yeah, so yeah, uh, you know, Revere, Lexington, and and TPC Las Vegas. I think are two so of the most what, challenging. What, what did you shoot at TPC? Uh, I oh, I think like 75, and then at Revere I shot. 
How about you, Evan? That's solid. No, I was. Uh, I just played Revere. I was seventy-seven. Yeah, yeah, that's solid. Lexington is tough. Lexington is tough. But the le- I, I played Lexington a couple weeks ago, and I part out the last three holes. I part out. Nice. I, and the the outs. I figured out the outside nine. The first four holes and the last five holes. I was four over. The inside nine. I was seventeen over. <laughs> <laughs> he lost your concentration, maybe, or you were concentrating too much. No, I lose. I, you know, started hitting. No, I don't drink. Started hitting. I don't drink. I I don't know what happened. I couldn't hit it. I just lose it. And then I think I squeezed the hell out of the club, like you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I got you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I've been working on it. All right. Very good. All right. We're gonna we're gonna make it happen. Uh, yes. That we got, we should play. Yes. Okay. Jack's very coming. good. That's right. Yeah. I shot a seventy four at mom's family. <laughs> well, one of the great te- one of the great teachers in the game, uh, Dave Peltz. He's a uh, former NASA scientist, and he he's had a huge influence on the PGA Tour for putting, uh, chipping, and pitching. Uh, all fair. Playing golf on the moon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so what is it, because of the physics of it or something? Well, or you, you know, his story, it's kind of funny because he um, he wanted to go pro his whole life. In fact, he was a professional golfer for a short period of time. And he, he grew up in Ohio. He played in the Ohio State Amateur Championship. And he has these professional aspirations. He loses the amateur championship in Ohio by 10 shots. Whoa. So he's thinking, you know, if I can't, if I can't even win the Ohio Amateur State Champion, how am I going to be able to, to uh, you know, really provide for a family, my wife and a family, as a professional golfer? So he kind of started to face out of it. The gentleman who beat him by ten shots in that championship was Jack Nicholas. Yes. But nobody knew. But nobody knew Jack Nicholas at that time. Yeah. He was just a kid from Ohio. He wasn't. You know, they called him Fat that. Jack on the tour when he first started in the early '60s. That was his nickname, Fat Jack because he was so out of shape. He was a chubby guy. Yeah, he was a chubby guy. And and he wasn't a fan favorite because everyone loved Arnold Palmer. And Nicholas came along and started taking Arnold Palmer's titles. And my father told me he hated Jack at first. But then he grew to love him. Like, See, to this day, he loves him. I think you're older than me because that was, that was a few years before my time. Yeah. I no, I was a big Jack fan, yeah. but I was too young. I was just a little bit too young for the well, army I, I never, yeah, I never got to see really Jack play. I don't, I mean, I maybe remember his 86 Masters, okay. right, when he was 46 years old. Remember yeah. 1986? He was 46 yeah. when he won the Masters. Yeah. And that was the only time I ever saw him win a, a, a major. You know, okay. yeah. the, the closest I came to, I, I caddied on the PGA Tour in 82, in oh, 1982, man. 1983. So I never got to, never got paired up with Nicholas in our group, but we were in the Canadian Open and and he was having breakfast one table over from me really? in the clubhouse. And, you know, he does have uh, an incredible uh charisma to him you know you, yeah when he's in a room you know something i've heard that i've heard that about him yeah, yeah not that he's loud well, his his kid caddied for him most of the 80s i think one of his sons was caddying for him in the in the early 80s he did have some of his sons yeah. well, well An- angelo uh, i forget his last name angelo. dundee the yeah. boxing trainer <laughs> <laughs> he was his caddy <laughs> 
<laughs> I tell my golf story. All right, go, go, Jack. So I used to be a Johnny Carson fanatic. I watched Johnny Carson all the time. And this one particular night, he had Arnold's wife on, Arnold Palmer's wife. And, you know, Johnny Carson was really quick with the comeback wit. And I don't know if you guys ever saw this episode, but he asked her, He and, and I remember this because it was life-changing for me. He says, uh, so is there anything you do for Arnold before, you, before the game? And he, she goes, nonchalantly, yeah, I kiss his balls. And as fast as she said that, Johnny said, I bet that makes his putter stand on end. <laughs> and I swear to God, she got up, she left, and you'll never see Arnold or his wife on, on Johnny. Oh, it was, she, yeah. she was offended? Oh, oh. And if I hadn't seen that, I wouldn't have believed it. That was in the 70s. Well, maybe 13 when that happened. Funny. Yeah, it was hilarious. It was the funniest thing I ever <laughs> saw. My, but Johnny was amazing at the quick-witted comeback stuff. It was hilarious. <laughs> yep. That's my golf story. I, I love it. Yeah. So okay. who did you caddy for at the Canadian Open? All right. Well, one gentleman who may be a little bit of the same heritage as you, but you maybe heard of him. Probably not, though. Uh, Gary Trevisano was the No, I never heard of him. He grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. You didn't hear about him? I don't know. Well, because he never won nothing. He never won a hey, thing in his whole hey, life. We, we came in fourth at Quad Cities. Come on. Come on, Tommy. <laughs> Gary Turisano. I never heard of him. Uh, you know, he's a uh, he's a Fred Couples lookalike. If you saw him really? back in the day, you'd swear it was Fred, Fred Couples. Couples yeah. And then if you saw him swing, you'd go, I, I bet my life it's that same buttery swing. Yeah, yeah. Freddie had a great swing and a bad back. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great swing and a bad back. I don't know how Freddie ever won that, uh, that ma the Masters that Freddie won, and he hit that one ball that stayed on the little hill. It didn't roll in the water. Uh -huh. Like 99.9% .9 of those balls would roll in the water, and somehow Freddie stayed there. Right. And he ended up winning that Masters to this day. He's, he's got, yeah, yeah. He, he's got that good karma on his side. Day. He's a good guy. He's yeah. a really. Yo, yeah, yeah, he is. He's well liked. Yeah. Yes. So Sammy's going to be in the amateurs next week, right? They're playing in the Nevada State Amateurs. She showed me her swing. She's got it on the phone. It's unbelievable. Oh. Like, and I, I was telling her Justin Thomas is like 5'8", 140 pounds, yeah. and hits it 300 yards yeah. because his swing is so technically sound, right? She's got a swing like that. All right. All right. All right. I can't wait to get out there. Yeah. yeah. I'll caddy for you. <laughs> if I'm at the top level at top golf, I think I could hit it like 200 yards. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I have never done the top golf thing. That's a, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I was. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I, it really surprised me, top golf, because uh, you know the game of golf is. You know, I'd say stagnant at best. You know, and have a company come out about golf, and it is taken off. It is a blast. Uh, I would say it's. You know the. Uh, uh, rock and roll bowling, you know how that's kind yeah, of brought yeah, some yeah. of the. Uh, I mean, this is like rock and roll bowling on steroids. It's, yeah, uh, so people are getting drunk. They're getting yeah. drunk. And, and there's gourmet scoring, and you're 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 hitting it into something and scoring, and right? There's a pool. Yeah. There's a pool there. You there's can jump in the there. pool afterwards. Oh, they, cool. I mean, the one in Vegas here at the MGM. They have uh, bonkers. Does comedy shows there on yeah. Wednesdays, Saturdays. There's corporate events. There's beautiful bars all over. Uh, it's uh, it's a big party, yeah. and boy, it. Uh, uh, well, that's cool. Yeah, you, you got yeah. so much fun, you don't realize how much money you just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the whole yeah. plan. I, I'm yeah. used to spending $6 for a bucket of balls and, you know, last yeah. you 45 minutes yeah, yeah, an hour. Yeah. You go to Top Golf, you'll, you'll be spending a few hundred bucks an hour. <laughs> just keep hitting the button, the this, the that, yeah. <laughs> or doing more food, drinks. Mm -hmm. 
And that brings a conclusion to Golf Digest for tonight. <laughs> so let's talk about, hey, Evan, how are you, man? Uh, doing good, yeah. Since we did the uh, the drive-in movie thing, I loved that. That was awesome. You were an incredible host that night. Uh, mm-hmm. well, well, I appreciate your saying that. It was so much fun. And what was really satisfying is the audience feedback. I mean, we got uh, tremendous audience feedback. Uh, is that the horn honking and the, and the, the lights? The horn honking, the lights, talking <laughs> to the people great. after the show. Uh, getting uh, yeah yeah That's so it, it was it was it was a blast. Phil did a great job uh, just setting up uh, the uh, the event and getting the performers. No, in. he's a master at this stuff. Oh, like yeah. it's yeah, I mean he does a, he does a great job. <laughs> Isaac, great job. <laughs> I concur with you on on the feedback. I, I sat by the exit as everybody left, and I thanked everybody for coming. And they, everybody without I can't think of anybody that didn't have a positive response to how fun that was. It was awesome. If you, for the audience, if you haven't gone to one of the drive-in comedy things, do it. It's a, it's incredible. It's very good. Yeah, it, it worked out great, and uh, and we benefited charity at the same time. Yep. So I, you know, I call it a win-win-win. Uh, get uh, get our entertainers back on stage. Get uh, get the city involved in uh, in a real life That's instead great. of a pretend uh, coronavirus life, and uh, and then benefit some of the charities. Yeah, just let me know. I'd love to. Absolutely. Absolutely, for sure. You always want to perform outdoors. You always want to perform out. I mean, that's like ideally, it's the worst setting if there's no roof over you. It's hard, but I'll, get me out there. I'll go. <laughs> well, you told us you wanted to wait till it's like 124 up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a little hotter at, at 10 at night. At 10, yeah, 10 at night. 185 degrees, but it's a dry heat, man. <laughs> no, I'd love to. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Just you, you know, you just give me a call, I'll show up. You know, I, anytime. You know, it's surprising because we thought, you know, com- comedians thought, how, how are they? How are we supposed to respond to the audience? Nobody's clapping or anything. But there are people sitting outside in the picnic tables. They brought out their lawn chairs. When people honk their horns, you get you get a, you get feedback, and and the uh, the comedians still respond to it. No, I I believe it. it. I'm sure that I'm sure that it was right on point. And also, people are starving for laughter right now too. I mean, there's not a lot of it. it you know, exactly. It's, it's it was. Uh, I think it was a, a generous, appreciative yeah. crowd. We had great comedians, but no. as you say, people are just thirsty to laugh. Everyone's they want to have fun. Yeah. Everyone's home, yeah. just looking. I I know, like for me, starting out, you know, like I'm, I'm glad the quarantine's over, you know, yeah. and this is good. And I I know where my first bit is going to start with. Now it's like, like you know, even though everything's getting back to normal, my wife is still still social distancing from me, which is, I don't think is a good sign. I think it's a good That's sign. <laughs> I mean, there's like there's like ten pillows in between this bed. I'm like, hey, what are we making for? I tell her it's her fortress of solitude. What the heck? And, we, and, and she picked up a little um, terrier dog. Like she's because she's home, you know, because my wife tours, you know, and she's home now. So she picked up a little. Uh, she's foster a little uh, rat terrier, just a little terrier, eight pounds, and the dog like you know, within a matter of weeks the dog fell in love with her you know and i'm there and the dog's biting me now i sit in the couch and she attacks me so we had to get a trainer out this week to break the dog in with me but it's been three months <laughs> yeah, a little eight pound terror so was the, running, was running the, around was the trainer training the dog or training you it was, tra- it was just 
training my wife. <laughs> he was training my wife. This is what you got to do. You know? <laughs> you know, so I'm hoping now, you know, it's a little better the last couple of days. Yeah. But the, 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 the quarantine was rough on me. It, who, who got an eight-pound dog at their house that was attacking them? <laughs> I couldn't go to work. <laughs> couldn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, the name of the dog is Cherry. Cherry? Little Cherry. Oh, my God. And she had a cone. She had, like, because we got her from a, an adoption agency, so we're just fostering her. So she had a little cone, and she had some surgery. You know, she so had a cone. And so then my wife did a, a cone campaign where she, she got decorating the cone every day with something different, like McDonald's <laughs> McDonald's uh, French fries. Another day it was a basketball with a little basket. She, she, she went to work on the cone. <laughs> oh, I know. Wait, wait, so, so but now you're wearing it. <laughs> no, no, I don't, it doesn't fit. But I... She, we were going to put it on me when Cherry got the cone off. I was going to be in the in the campaign, like. <laughs> Tommy. So Tommy, like, just like when you talk to Tommy, he drops things. Like he'll just say something and then he'll go on, doesn't even talk about it. But like, so his his wife is the tour manager for Elton John. Yes. And so so exactly like what's going on with it. This is like supposed to be his final. This final tour. Well, they they're on so. yeah they're on the farewell tour. They were halfway through the farewell tour. Okay. I think it was going to be around three or three and a half years, and they were halfway through that tour. They they were in Australia for maybe four months, and she just got back on March 9th, which was by design. That's when the, that the original tour was coming back, and she got back maybe three days before they closed the country down. Wow. So and so then of course they had to cancel the tour, and I don't I don't know if they're going to go back on tour this year. So right. you know she's and she hasn't been you know I mean since we been together uh, she's on tour nine months a year so you know so she's only around for three months but now now it's real time you know she's she's there every day it's now true yeah. true test. <laughs> Evan's laughing Evan's dying. <laughs> Evan's dying so you know where my act is gonna go <laughs> you know where my act is gonna head right? I can see you're not gonna be able to play yeah. golf with Sammy and I either <laughs> no I can I, I, I you know we're still in you know, I mean, she, you know, she, she's still down for everything. But uh, say that again. Every day. Every day. Yeah, she's here. And it's um, I mean, I'm glad that she's home and it's safe. And, you know, and she's not because the tour is a grind. I mean, 10 years, nine, 10 years on tour. It's a tough it's a tough life. It is. A you know, and it was going to come to an end anyway. But it little, you know, so now it's, you know, there's a long break in the action. Are they going to do Vegas again or no? It's all it's done. Yeah, I think they have dates. They have, they have dates in Vegas, but not a residency like at the Coliseum anymore. Right. Okay. In fact, he's been to T-Mobile a couple times since that residency ended. Okay. So I, I think that yeah. Vegas is on the, you know, when they're, you know, I mean, when she went, she was supposed to go back on tour at the end of March and she was going to be in the States. So she, she managed the, uh, for, for Elton, the, the million yeah, dollar piano show. Yeah, yeah, you know, my wife and yeah. I went to that. It, it was. An it yeah. was an amazing show. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Uh, the what he puts out on stage every every night. He's night after night. he's an amazing and entertainer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he yeah. gets the people that people spend their hard-earned money for it. That they're dying to see this. And even though he does it every night, he makes it special. Every well, night. and I think the big thing is that he's on stage for ninety-five percent of his show, which right. isn't the case with a lot of those big stars. I mean, there's a lot of 
work, costume changes and things right. like that. He he gives you your money's worth. Yeah. And I mean, I've been at that show like backstage a million. I mean, I've been on stage with the you know they bring me on stage with the tambourine, you know, like because I know the band and stuff like that. <laughs> no, I've been on stage with the tambourine playing right Saturday. Like what I've been, you know, because they got that one big long song at the end. So they I they I they let me up on stage and I know all the band and you know all the, the entire band's 65 years old you know so I mean they've, they've been touring for 40 years with him so amazing. you know yeah it's an amazing it's it's really a, it's a great experience yeah so when she retires when she's done doing it is she gonna manage you yeah I well <laughs> well we gotta we gotta get we gotta get the thing up and running first there's but nothing the to manage right now you know <laughs> no but I, I I have been working on my new show you know which is like the sequel to the sport jerks I've been working on old men and sweats I don't know if you got to see the the pilot episode that we did Not yet. so yeah we produced the pilot episode so uh, yeah it's uh old men and sweats is basically me me and my partner Barry D Barry D and Tommy T were both from Rome New York we did the sport jerks back in the late 90s where we for Comedy Central. yeah for Comedy Central and it was our own show we created it you know we were the sport jerks we went around the country interviewing all the NBA players and you know basically getting a backstage pass and this is uh, this is the 20 year later when you're what, what do the sport jerks do when uh, they get old we're, we're semi-retired in Vegas nice. so this is yeah so this is the new one so basically we do our interviews at my pool you know and, and we do we have a video cast at the at the sports book at Westgate and um, and we do like you know we do parodies like we did our, our first parody was um, of the the famous scene in casino where De Niro and Pesci are out in the middle of the desert so we recreated that scene and of course I changed the dialogue instead of about Pesci you know warning De Niro that this is my town you're here because of me you know the whole thing about the casino we changed it to Eli Manning getting into the Hall of Fame or not so so basically it was it was me and then you should, I mean, it was me screaming at Barry D he's a Hall of Famer and I rattled off all of his stats 35,000 passing yards 360 touchdowns he's a Hall of Famer and I'll kill you like you know, Barry D Matter. Barry D was matter. like, I think you took what I said went out of context. So the whole thing is a recreation. And it's right in the middle of the desert, just like that scene. Only I pull up in a little, um, I think the Chevy, little Chevy Spark, little Chevy Spark car. Yeah. So you know, it's but, yeah, it's yeah. that yeah. So that that's the show, Old Men in Sweats. All right. <laughs> so where could the audience find that? Well, we just did the pilot, and so we're pitching it. And uh, and Phil, Phil, you, that's something that we need to talk about too, because we want uh, we want the Russian, we okay. want the Russian money on that show, right? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you looking at me? I'm not even Russian. I'm Filipino. Like, what are you talking about? The Russian money. <laughs> Sorry, Nathan. I wasn't supposed to clap. Sorry about that. <laughs> no. no J- I think JT's JT. Nathan. I'm sorry, JT. I, I, I didn't mean to do that. Remote crew. Yep, JT's one of our uh, infamous engineers at Backstage. Yeah, JT, Nathan, and Camille are uh, the remote crew of the podcast. <laughs> They're amazing. Okay, cool. They got yeah, they yeah. got all these people behind the scenes. <laughs> Big time operation. When you do something right. Yeah, right. no, this is this is well done. <laughs> this is good. The most important thing they did was turn on the AC, though. Right? <laughs> yeah. and, and what was amazing about that? What what was most amazing about that is they did it remotely. They're not even here. Like, how'd you guys do? that. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, scary. Well, we didn't even talk about Melijah. Melijah's the, the, our, our, it's his first day uh, oh, wow. interning for the podcast team here, so oh, well, we just threw him right into it. <laughs> and our uh, and our, 
uh, our director of operations over here, Janine, is here too as well. So, <laughs> well, she's director of operations tonight. We don't know what tomorrow brings. <laughs> you got to talk to Janine when you're done. We're gonna do a little talking okay. introduction. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you met Janine? Just, uh, just, just an now. hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the in the steam sauna. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just, I just met her. Yeah. Tommy, I, I have to tell you, we've worked together several times, yes. and I really enjoy your stuff. But I, I got to ask you. you, just do a summarized version of your 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 cousin's Mary, and just I love. That. Yeah, I you know I like I say in my act, I've you know I've lived in L.A. for so long, but I've been back a million times for family, you know, weddings and you know graduations and stuff like that. So I've been back for a million weddings, but there's the one wedding that I always will remember for the rest of my life was was when my cousin Dino Tellerino married my cousin Maria Tellerino. <laughs> they were second cousins, but they had the same last name. And that one to me, you know, that one to me was the, was the, was the most memorable week of my life. <laughs> because when my, when my father told me they were getting married, I said, because I knew that they were both divorced from their previous marriages right. because they married out of the family. I guess that was the wrong idea. Yeah. Right? Was, How could it last? <laughs> yeah, there's no way. <laughs> then my father told me that Dino was marrying Maria and I said well, I remember I was at the beach in Venice on the phone and I was like what are you talking about what and he said I know I know it's weird but they're getting married they fell in love with each other I'm like is that legal they can't do that so I I went back for that wedding and, <laughs> and what happened so what was the full name what was the yeah, full name the well that that you know I mean that was well, first of all, it's the only wedding you're ever going to go to in your life where when the, when the groom lifts the bride's veil, it's the same face. <laughs> it's the exact same face. Right? I mean, it's the exact same profile. I mean, it's like, you know, the only difference was Maria's mustache was a little bushier than Dino's, but that was it. No, it's, uh, no but then, yeah, that, then the, the final one is that when I left um, Maria, she was, she was an insurance agent, and she gave me her business card, and she'd already her new, she made her new business cards and she had her full name, Maria Tellerino Tellerino. There she, <laughs> she hyphenated it. It's like, it's like you hyphenated it? Right, so, you know, that's my family. Yo, how about, no, no, how about your cousins who are the ushers? Like, yeah, all, well, it was, there was only 150 Tellerinos at the wedding. There was no one else there. And, and my cousins, Sammy and Bobby, they, they were the ushers. Sammy Tellerino, Bobby Tellerino, they were the ushers. And it took us like an hour to get sat that day in church. It was like 95 degrees out. It, was, it took us an hour to get sat. I went up to find out what's slowing the line down, and Sammy and Bobby are asking everybody, hi, are you at the bride side or the groom side? It's like, it's the same family. See us. Talking about. See us. You know, if, yeah. to this day, every time I see one of those commercials for attorneys where it says Smith and Smith, yes. it's like my cousin's marriage, yes. So that gives you an idea of that's where I'm from, right? It's so we talked earlier. We, we were talking earlier before the, the, the podcast started. And you say that um, all of your comedy comes from actual life experiences. Tell us a little more about that. Well, I just, you know, I, I, I look at my life and I 
I see something that maybe an everyday occurrence that you don't think anything of it, you know. But then, uh, you know, then I think if you look at it from a like from a comedic point of view, and you look at it from every angle, you know. I mean, that that's where I, you know, I look back at my childhood and I realize that we never took a family vacation except to Buffalo. Like that's the only time we ever. I don't know why we went to Buffalo like every summer. And so then I look back 20 years later and I'm like, oh my god, like <laughs> there was no other. Choice. There was no. I mean, like what kind of family did I grow up in? So. I just I look at a real life experience and I made the whole the whole bit about how Buffalo was our dream getaway like we went every year <laughs> and it was a three hour drive from my hometown but my father he it took us eight hours every year he'd get lost every year it was, so I just think everyday things that you see that maybe aren't funny but you're just like wait a minute like why are we so weird yeah you know? yeah it's interesting now do you have a process like do you, will you make a list of some things yeah. and then like what what yeah I just I, you you try to look at it you know like it's like sort of 3d like all the way from every single angle from everyone's point of view and then um you know i learned way back when you write comedy you write it like a song like you don't write i don't write a whole paragraph i just because if you ever read a song if you ever read lyrics on a song they're all one line right so i try to i try to write everything out you know, and one line, and, and it looks, on paper, it looks like a song, yeah. you know, and you can, I think you can, um, you edit you edit your material quicker, you know, and of course, everything gets edited on stage, yeah. I mean, that's that's where, you know, that's really where the, the true editing goes, you know, yeah. so you, but you want it, you want it pretty lean before you bring it out there, right, you don't want a bunch of fat, you know, like, a, you know, <laughs> then it looks like a terrible bit, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very good. Because a lot of people, I'm relatively new in comedy. Uh, just had my two-year anniversary a few months ago. Like me and golf. Like, same like thing. you and golf. Yeah, yeah same yeah. thing. You know, and, and uh, I've been fortunate to have some good, you know, you know, you know, some good uh, perspectives, coaches. But I think a lot of people in everything, when they see somebody good, they just assume that it's like inherent. what's in their DNA. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, they're naturally a good golfer. They're naturally a good comedian. Or they're naturally a good lawyer or whatever it is. And and there usually is a method, a method or a process or or some type of methodology that uh, that that really makes it. Uh, I'll call it more reliable. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think audiences they can sense that. And if you can if you can do your comedy from real life experiences, that that projects to the audience, and they know that that's coming from a, a real sincere place. And and the more you can do that and, and open yourself up to to what's happened to you in personal experiences, I think that. That's amazing. Well, I think the word is relatable. If you can make, yeah, if you can make yourself relatable, whatever you're going through, or you know, or whatever your point of view is, if it's the, the more relatable you are, no matter who your audience is, you're going to connect. I think the best person that I can think of right now would be George Lopez when he started. He, oh. uh, you were right there when he talked about his family. That's your family. Well, that's that was a big thing for me when I was watching those one-hour specials. His first couple one-hour specials they were I mean they were so funny and they were they were so real and the way he described his family it made me think about my family, yeah, my it, family. Yeah, yeah I mean and I, you know like I you know I mean he grew up in East LA you know which I grew up in you know the middle of nowhere but I had to I started looking at it differently I started like trying to find out where you know what makes us unique you know I mean every one of my family has had heart attacks at a young age I find that funny like how, what kind of family what kind of family <laughs> <laughs> what kind of everyone has had a heart attack before the age of fifty? That so I started writing it down. Like that's funny. Like you 
something in that. My father had a heart attack at 61, and he was proud. He didn't get me to my 60s. Like, well, that's nothing to be proud of. Like that. So you know, you start looking at your family. Like, you know, that's where like Tellerino means angina in Italian. It's gotta. It's like you know. Yeah. It, you see, you have to find the funny in your own life. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you need to be able to to put it out, as you said, in a relatable way. Yeah. That 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 folks can people in the audience because when they relate to what you're saying that is very very helpful to the audience sure are there things in your life Tommy that are so real to your life so close to you and you know you could make it super funny but you won't say it because you're just afraid to put it out there besides go yeah that's that's a good question I don't uh yeah, I mean, you're yeah, you're talking about like what what people's biggest like, tra like tragic stuff that happened, yeah, like maybe your divorce or like you know, yeah. yeah, just like. Well, I mean, I've made fun of my divorce, you know, like I, I mean, you know, my my kids, you know, my kids are very close to me. I, I don't make I don't make much humor in my kids, you know, and plus when you have a divorce when your kids are young, that's tough on a family, yeah. you know, very tough on the kids. So I don't really, yeah, like I don't go near that, the you kids, know. Yeah. Uh -huh. But you know, I mean, I I usually come up with a joke fairly quickly whenever there's like a world tragedy it's it's not it's not the you know i don't say the joke but like if something yeah. happens like i'm you yeah. know like it's, it's like in I'm, nature right to just yeah like i'm something. finding out like i'm finding out where the funny is you know and um and you know and and that so i kind of look at everything like that you know so what, what, what are you talking what are you talking about now with the covid yeah i I mean, I, I'm sure that I've had some jokes with the COVID, you know, that have passed through my mind that I just didn't latch onto, you know, because oh, I, I can never, it was funny to me, but I, I can't say that, you know, like, I remember, I remember years ago when, you know, when Katrina, like Hurricane Katrina devastated New Orleans, I, I had like a joke or two within a week that I couldn't say, you know, like, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, like I, my, my, one of my wife at the time, one of her best friends was this cute little girl named Katrina. And I thought your name is ruined. Like, it's like your name. <laughs> You know, your name is ruined. And then I started thinking, when is a woman or when is someone going to actually sue the U.S. meteorologist for ruining their name? Yeah. Right. You know, like, like that, that's a legitimate lawsuit. Yeah. You name you name the, the worst hurricane ever after me. Like, why do I why do I got to be associated with death and destruction? <laughs> Who's going to marry me now? Who's going to marry me? I thought, that. I thought I thought poor Katrina. She's the cutest, like sweetest girl. And her name is Mud. Yeah, that's a great person. You know, and, I, and, and it happens time and time again. Yeah, especially in the and, and, but I thought of that quickly, and I couldn't. You know, I mean, they were still, they were still like on top of the Superdome without any water. I still, I couldn't say the joke, right? You know, it's like, you know, like the too soon thing. But I, but every everything like that, I think, you know. Yeah, I think we all do that. That's kind of that. That kind of is why we do this, is because we look at things in different perspective. And so, I mean, I've come up with some funny stuff for the COVID thing too, but too soon, right? So it's like, well, yeah, you're. I mean, you, you're real with your act and your life. Yeah, and it can't be. It can't be easy sometimes. You know, you just, you just get up there and throw it out. Yeah, actually, and that's. I think that's what the audience wants. They want to feel some sort of, what would you call it, relatability, and they want to feel. You know that that you're a human being and you're not just up there telling jokes and yeah yeah I, and Evan does yeah. I, well I, I got to get compliment Evan Evan does a lot of audience work interacting with the audience and he does I mean he can pick up on an audience so quickly it's amazing I could I I, I think in a couple podcasts ago I was talking about hosting and that's one thing that I, I really can't I, I don't like doing that I'm not very good at it but 
Everything. Crowd work, really? What? You crowd don't like doing crowd work? Hosting. Yeah. Hosting. Oh, hosting, hosting, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, with you, I saw you early yeah, on. Like and, like in and the middle of podcast? Yeah, I, phone? I, I do you have to. This podcast I do have to run. I'm sorry. I do have to run. I do have to run. New York? No. This is New York. This is Hollywood right here. Hollywood slash New York. Well, Evan has the other thing. We talked about relatability, but Evan also has the likability. And I remember telling you when I first saw you, just let the audience like you. You know, because that's a, I mean, they got to like you. I mean, you you know, so that's a big thing for you. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. the perma smile works for that. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That, that'll only take you so far, though. You gotta have no, to, like, exactly. You know, and I've actually been working on getting rid of it during when it's appropriate to get rid of, you know, for certain punchlines. And, yeah. And uh, uh, you would call it. Uh, 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 forecasting my punchline. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. telling the audience, here comes the joke. Here it's coming. Here it's coming. Here it's coming. Yeah, yeah. You're always telling the you're laughing already. You can't laugh at the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like this one. You'll like it too. <laughs> but, I, but I actually do need to run, though. You have to get going? Yeah, yeah. I do okay, need okay, to get cool, going, cool. okay? All right. Is that cool? I'm, yeah, I think I think we're just about coming to the end of our, yeah, our podcast. Ten minutes of the yeah. podcast and an hour and fifty minutes of setup. So we air conditioning hasn't come on yet, but you know. <laughs> I'm good though. So yeah, yeah let's do a close. Right. And and so uh, we really appreciate you guys sticking with us for this time. It's been a great experience. Tommy Tellerino is the best. If you ever get a chance to see him out on stage, you will laugh your butts off. I promise. And uh, come down. To to the Eclipse Theater when we get back going again, or if we do another drive-in uh, comedy thing, you will not be disappointed. It is awesome. So on behalf of myself, Dylan Dillagaff, and the Blue Zone Comedy Tour, I'm with Isaac Israel, Tommy Tellerino, and Evan Green. We say goodnight, and thanks for being with us. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you. Yeah.